Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, we have a quick warning that there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always do our best to let you know that those are coming. This episode, we're catching up on some big summer movies and TV, including Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, yes, that's the name, Asteroid City, and Elemental, uh, plus the second season of The Bear and the Wham! documentary, the story of why I stayed in the closet for an extra five years or so. Just kidding. I'm the problem. It's me. No, I'm sad. All right, as always, a plea to rate and review us anywhere you can. Uh, any reviews certainly help. Uh, we're just going to keep saying it. Please do it sometime. We'd love it. Um, all right, should we start off with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Yes, please. Uh, well, first of all, how you been? We always I'm good. Been so long. I'm yeah. good. I've got uh, a fabulous new job that I love. I don't have the Sunday blues. I work with great people who appreciate me, and I'm very, very happy. So shout out to Aspire Public Schools. You're good peeps. Woohoo! I love that. That's so good. <laughs> yes, it's really good. How are yeah. you? I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm dealing with some like stupid health stuff. None of it major, but like enough that it's getting on my nerves and uh, would like to just get that dealt with. But you and I had a really fun time in Tahoe. Oh, we got so some good. nice like relaxation and hiking, um, and that was. Fantastic. And you found me a good stick. And I found you a good stick. We we <laughs> we both had some issues from the hiking, so that was a um, fun one. Yeah, but we had a good time, and uh, otherwise things are good. Uh, just trucking along my friend Peter is visiting from New York and it's been really nice to catch up with him and we've been doing some fun things which I will talk about later but uh, excellent yeah so first up we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny this is the fifth Indiana Jones movie and the first not to be directed by Steven Spielberg uh, is directed instead by James Mangold, who did uh, the uh, Wolverine movie and Walk the Line and a million other things um, and this is uh, starring Phoebe Waller-Bridge as the goddaughter of Indiana Jones, um, Wombat, as they call her, uh, which every time they said that, I was like, don't, don't say that. It's like, can we stop yeah. naming offspring after, like, irritating animals? Yeah. Mutt, Wombat. Exactly. I, I mean, Wombat's much more adorable than Mutt. Yeah. But True. it's still not great. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go full spoilers on this and probably almost everything today, just because these things have been out for a little while. Yeah. So I think we're in a spoiler free zone. So if you want to see these things, um, you know, maybe we'll give a very quick thing up top, like, right. you know, we see like, it or don't, yeah, see yeah. It or don't. Uh, yeah. but other than that, we're going to go pretty much in spoilers. Uh, what did you think of Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny? Cue the many endless jokes about Indiana Jones, and the creaky knees, Indiana Jones and the niece's name. I can't remember They're, They go on and on. God daughter. <laughs> yes. His niece. It's his God daughter. No, no, that's the other joke. That's the, anyways, go ahead. Bad joke. <laughs> You know, I'm just I'm being I'm being the literal one <laughs> right. in this case. Um, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Uh, it was it a fantastic film that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. No, but I also don't have to go like get eye bleach and have it extracted from my memory the way I did one of the others that we're not going to talk about because <laughs> I really, really hated 
the one in between Temple of Doom and Dial of Destiny. That's the only way I'm going to refer to Wait, it. Wait, so you're talking about, right, there's because between Last Crusade and... Oh, sorry. Yes. Last Crusade. Yeah. And yes. I don't know if we've done this before, but let's do some rankings. I think we've done this before. Okay. I bet we've actually done this Not on the podcast. Not on Indiana Jones because we haven't had an Indiana Jones movie since what, we've done How would you rank them now... Having seen this one, and this is our quick non-spoiler before we get into spoilers. I mean, Raiders, Last Crusade, probably Dial of Destiny, Temple of Doom. And that would be hard with me with Dial of Destiny and Temple of Doom. Oh, no, no, I don't talk about that one. That's not a thing. That's that's at the bottom, no matter what. Duh. Right. Um, For me, the problem, it would be hard to put. Temple of Doom and, and Dial of Destiny. They're both, I like them both in the same way, the, yeah. the same amount. I really think that Raiders and Last Crusade are great movies. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy Dial of Destiny. I love Temple of Doom. Nice. So that is, that is, I would have trouble, but I would probably put Dial of Destiny slightly above Last Crusade just because, I mean, sorry, Temple of Doom, just because there's slightly less problematic stuff. Yeah. Slightly, slightly less. less. Still some problems. Still we'll some get problems, there. but <laughs> slightly less. Yeah. So really enjoyed it. You know me, I'm a Phoebe Waller-Bridge head. So I thought she was great. I liked the supporting cast. I had a good time. It made me nostalgic in all the right ways and none of the bad ways. Really enjoyed it. You? I really liked this movie and I've seen it twice now and I think it's so I have a different ranking and I gotta break it down. That's fine. And I Do don't it. know if I'm able to defend it well. I think it's my third favorite, which is that sort of where you landed yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is a little different in that Raiders is untouchable. It's a perfect yeah, movie. Yeah, no, it's a it's no no movie. Um two, Temple of Doom, horribly offensive. I get all the reasons I shouldn't love it, and yet I saw it when I was 12 years old. Super fair. And it's just, it's pure like sex Harrison Ford and yeah. it's like moves along and it like gets that really bad zany kind of screwball comedy tone, right? That I just like, I love it. Yeah. It's 12 like year a, old me would have a different ranking, yeah, but yeah. you're asking <laughs> your old me. Here's so. where it gets weird. I watched Dial of Destiny and I thought, I think this is a better movie than Last Crusade. I've always been a little bit of a Last Crusade doubter. And I was like, but I'm going to wait and check. I checked. It is a better movie than Last Crusade. Did you rewatch Last Crusade? In the entire thing. Oh, I nice. watched the whole thing I just know. recently. And there's something to me that's very flat about Last Crusade. I mean, there is the any movie that the father and the son sleep with the same woman oh is creepy okay i'd forgotten about that <laughs> oh it's fucking creepy that is the one reason that it's like no that's creepy and weird and not funny it's not funny no and, no and also like i don't really sean connery it's like i, I already have like a little like uh, sean connery thing and like it, it it's clunky it like has really really bad comedy in it and it's like people are accusing this one of going back to the Nazis. That one is like the laziest Nazi movie ever. Uh, but anyways, we're not here to shit on Last Crusade. And I'm sure I've already like pissed off anybody who listens to this podcast. But uh, I thought Dial of Destiny was a really weirdly at times moving meditation on sort of like, you know, age, 
And but also like I, I was seeing it again. I was thinking about oh, the Dial of Destiny is literally the CGI aging technique that they use in the beginning. Like they're going back in time. It's this Wait, weird meta. All, it's all coming for us. Destiny's coming yeah. for all of us. Sure. There's yeah. something in the back of the mind of this movie that doesn't always click and doesn't always come together. But I actually think second to Raiders almost it has the most on its mind. Like somebody went in there thinking yeah, no, about that. what they were writing. Um, I will say some complaints. Um, I think the CGI is often shitty and annoying in parts, man. Watching it again, some of those tuk-tuk rides, and you just see them in these weird blurred screens, bad. Uh, the racism? But fruit cart. <laughs> the fruit cart. I did love oh, that they, because uh, I was waiting that whole scene with yeah. the tuk-tuks. I'm like, come on, you've got to do it. you got to do it. Come on. Fruit cart! <laughs> yeah. But that whole segment also, like, why did we need the gangster, like, everybody pulling yeah. guns and maniacal, like, Arabs? Like, like I felt the like over, we're still, yeah. Like the over-possessive yeah. Arab Sorry, man, yeah, Moroccan, no. I guess, but that it's, one, yeah. That didn't, no, that yeah. did not work for me at all. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, Middle Eastern of inexplicable. Yeah, we're right, just kind exactly. of trying to hand yeah. wave. Sorry, you're right. But no, that was uncomfortable. I did not enjoy that. And also, I think my other complaint about the movie is that it's overstuffed. And it's like, you had that right there to cut. Like, right? Yeah. It was why literally like no reason to do that. You could have made the fruit cart chase for some other reason. And we would have still enjoyed it without having to put like the, like, is it just like, oh, here's the checkbox of Indiana Jones things. Okay. Racism. Yes. Yeah, so we've got. <laughs> A little bit of mild racism. Perfect. Okay, we got right. that. Moving on. It's like, why? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't learned? Yeah. But fine. And also some really dumb stuff. I mean, I think, Fanny, you were the first to sort of just say it, and I was immediately like, yes. Uh, lots of logic problems of people getting severely, like, face brain trauma and then just being like, oh, I'm fine. Later, here I am. Um, lots of weird logic stuff that could have easily been, like, fixed a little bit or, like, written differently. This definitely has its problems. Yeah. Why doesn't Mads Mikkelsen have a big-ass scar on the side of his face uh, yeah. since, like, half of his face was obliterated? Yeah. In the first sequence of the movie. I, mean, I literally thought he was dead. And I was like, oh, that was a fun cameo for Mads Mikkelsen. No, I knew that he was the bad guy. So I knew he was coming back. And they even shoot it. Like, they show you from one side of his face. And they show him turn around. I'm like, okay, here it comes. Here's the big, you know, half of my face is fucked up. Nope. Still just yeah. Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Now, some people would argue that half of his face is fucked up. I am not one of those people. Oh, I no, think Mads no, Mikkelsen is hot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, that made no, it's like. Some very silly stuff there. Yeah. And it's not hard to do half no. your face is obliterated makeup. This no. is not new. And this also, like, that makes a good creepy bad guy. I mean, I guess I say that as, you know, there's always this thing of people with deformities get villainized. So that's I mean, also, it wouldn't be a deformity that, so much if it had been like you Nazi were stupid and you were a Nazi and you got smacked in the face <laughs> by a big ass pole, asshole. Exactly. That's not a deformity. You weren't right. born that way. Right. You, know, you did it because that's consequence. That's, that's consequences. Consequence. That's how it works. <laughs> right. um, but the other things I did really like, I really uh loved Phoebe Waller Bridge. I thought she nailed it. I it's funny, I saw it with my husband and he said, I can see why if you hadn't seen Fleabag and you didn't know how she was or what it was that like you might not be into her. And I was like, I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I find her so I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. She was so fun. Yeah. Um, and she stood up to him in a fun way, yes. but it also didn't feel like girl boss. Like it never no, felt not at like all. annoying like that. Um mm -hmm. I just really liked them together and yep. the way it sort of paid off with her being like, okay, like I I'm here for you in the ways that I need to help you kind of realize your place in your time and who needs you. I yep. thought all of that was really 
Moving. I also, this is literally the only Indiana Jones movie I've ever teared up in. Between him talking about his dead son, which I was like, I didn't care about that movie or that character. No, and that's why when I'm he glad, started talking about it. That's why I'm glad, like, make good use of that yeah. character, because I fucking hated that character. You killed him off screen, so I don't have to care, so I can care when you're being sentimental about him. That yeah. was, like, the perfect use of Mutt. Such a good Harrison Ford performance. Like, yep. I really feel like he went all in on like who is this character That's what does so he mean in the him. world like what does he what, what does, does he mean he, to me what does he mean to me what does he mean to like a changing world in which maybe he's actually not very important right um i just and i also thought it moved well also though justice for cia agent uh cool black power lady who yeah, got right? way too quick a, a death she was awesome yeah i mean i think at some point somebody went this is insane that we have a black woman as a CIA agent in 1969. 1969 yeah. Fair. But she had cool clothes and really cool hair. Oh, and she was so good. She I'm sorry good. I'm forgetting her name, yeah. that actor, but she was a lot of fun. But overall, just, I had a really fun time with this yes. movie. Um, I, I feel like it redeemed, it brought back Indiana Jones from the, what the hell was that? We pretend it doesn't exist. It, so. it brought it back, but also in like a not like it, we're pretending this is continuing. Like this yeah, is no. truly goodbye. Like, yeah. yeah. That's my take. I don't know. I don't think we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to see Harrison yeah. Ford again. But yeah. with this hat hanging out there, I think we might see somebody else put the hat on, but Maybe. it's not going to be Ford. Yeah. It might be Waller Bridge, but it's not going to be. Yeah. Ford. Which, of course, I would yeah. totally send up I want Phoebe but... Waller Bridge to be yeah. Indiana Jones, and I want her to be um, James Bond, and I'm in on both of those. And Just do I them will, all. Yeah, do I will it do all. it. I'm yeah. there for her. If she, if Harrison could be a uh, Han and Indy, she could yep. be both too. That's right. Yeah. Damn straight. Right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we, I think we both clearly liked that way more than we expected to. Also, yes, this movie got really unnecessarily helped. shit on, and yeah. I, maybe it's just being older and of a certain age that remembers those movies, but this movie is not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I think going in expecting to dislike it helped me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Asteroid City? Yeah, sure. All right, this Wes will be short. Anderson is back uh, doing his Wes Anderson thing. Um, this is a sort of very strange meta narrative about somebody making a play about this fictional town in which people encounter aliens. It's sort of Roswell. It's sort of Roadrunner. It's sort of Atomic Age. It's maybe a quarantine metaphor. There's also the behind the scenes making of the play with the actors playing the characters and seducing the people. And there's a lot of stilted dialogue. Fanny and I both really loved uh, the last one, the French dispatch. I was going to so say, we, we talked about that a lot with really, <laughs> yes. I feel like it ended up on maybe it was on mine yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I think we went in here with high hopes because God knows I like an alien. Um, mm -hmm. What did you think of Asteroid city? Really loved the dancing road runner. <laughs> me, me. That's, that's what I loved. Yeah. Really liked looking at Leah Shriver. A lot of these actors are pretty. Stage was pretty. Don't think I could tell you any of the plot points. I wasn't unhappy watching it. I, it meh. Yeah, as the kid said in the movie today. <laughs> meh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I said to you pretty quickly right after, too. It's like the... The gap between a good, a great Wes Anderson movie and a not so great one is very thin. Right. And I still don't even know what really makes that happen. But this one was definitely in the like whatever mode for me. It just sort of was confusing. It felt very like I just didn't know what it was doing. And it. I don't know that it knew what it was doing. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't know. I mean, they were, it was overstuffed with too many actors. Like, I actually felt like there were too many famous people in it that were sort of distracting and pulling my focus all the time. Um, and I just don't know, yeah, like, what it was about. I just am like... Right. Why am like what is this what is this story here? Somebody And I didn't I was, care to go investigate it. Like with French Dispatch, there were so many different things that you could try and say it was here and it went here and you and you could follow the through lines. I don't care what this was about. Yeah. Honestly, you know. I did do a little reading where somebody was basically like, um, oh, and it's so much about Schwartzman's character's grief, his wife has died or whatever, it's sort of That's laid out sad. pretty early in the film. And I was like, I don't know. A, that I go to a Wes Anderson movie for an exploration of grief. But you know what? Like, if that was what you were doing, like, I did, did not, not play. I, I was literally like, did he even like his wife? Did I he didn't kill have, her? Yeah. yeah. Like, I had no, like, I had no sense that he was sad at all. Like, that didn't. Yep. It's like to ask for human emotions in regards to, like, a Wes Anderson movie is not really the point. And so if that's your defense of this right. movie, then I feel like something's kind of off. Nope. Um, but the, the production design was pretty. Um, I actually liked a number of the performances. But yeah, no, everybody yeah. was fine. Yeah. I just, I yeah. I really liked the Dancing Roadrunner. That was my favorite part. And if Anderson's your thing, you're not going to hate it. So. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're not going to regret that you sat through it. Yeah. Just. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me the most of my least, my other least favorite, The Aquatic Life of Steve Zizou or whatever. See, I didn't even see that. One. It's it's very there's that thing that he does, which is a little fantastic and a little like reaching for almost like a Spielbergy thing, but it's like not a. It just doesn't. It's not a good fit for him. <laughs> so. All right, should we talk about Elemental, which we literally just saw? We, we did. Got we just theaters. got home. Uh, this is the Pixar movie um, that came out earlier this summer, around the same time as Dial of Destiny, and also much like Dial of Destiny, got like not great word out of con and sort of right. was uh, not doing great, and then is shown surprising. I think like legs it's in the some box legs, us. for sure. I mean, yeah. we just saw it with a pretty crowded theater considering yeah. how long it's been you out. made a new friend i did make a new friend <laughs> shout out to the woman next to me in the movie with her adorable child who she wanted to talk to you a lot uh, I, it's like as we said we get that your kid is talking and she's apologized for that very early and your that kid's is fine charming. that's lovely yeah. but like we don't have to talk like in-depth conversation <laughs> like from what i could tell she was leaning over in like full sentences uh, yeah and i couldn't hear but i was also like i'm just trying to watch the movie i'm a little tired i'm like not my focus isn't perfect and i right was now. trying not to pay attention because i didn't want to laugh and insult anybody <laughs> or say lady you have to leave him alone yeah. so i was just drinking my cream soda coke and staying out of it. yeah that was weird it was um weird. yeah she really and then i felt you know by the end of it and i think this is a good segue into our feelings about the movie she clearly had had this response of yes. like oh this is a movie about all this stuff about love and, and immigration and, and yeah. like and i fully like loved that she was engaged with it so much and that her she was saying, like, I don't know how to talk to my kid about this. And I was like, you, you'll figure it out. But, you know, it's not right here, right hey, now. I'm not doing like, it. I'm, I'm not your therapist, <laughs> nor am I your best friend. Yeah. So I don't know you. Yeah. That was, that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's all anyways, very interesting. What do you think of Elemental? Let's step back. Also, we should say, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a movie about um, 
uh, a city in which uh, the four elements, earth, air, water, and fire sort of coexist, but it's an immigrant sort of allegory about who sort of a city is built for and how right. it serves them. And it's directed by, I'm forgetting his name, but he is a Korean, I believe, filmmaker from Pixar. Correct. And drew a lot on his personal experience, Peter Son. Yes, thank name. you, that is it. Um, and uh, yeah, anyways, what do you think of Elemental? I think going in with um, a personal like my my son Parker had gone to see it. It had meant a lot to him, and he had gone in saying that the two main characters reminded him of him and his boyfriend. And there's some parental empathy stuff in here too about that that spoke to my experience as a parent, specifically to a kid who doesn't necessarily always fit in. And uh, apparently, when he walked out, one of the one of the people that he saw it with said. Well, yeah, that could be you, Parker, except you don't have a temper. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that was that was Parker's reaction. That was my reaction. And that was your that's why I saved it for on air, because, yeah, we might need to cut that. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> because that's the reaction he wanted. It's the reaction okay, I wanted. Parker enough. has a temper. <laughs> And that's part of why it was so meaningful to him. But I just thought it was hilarious that yeah. one of his roommates, because there's even a line from a song that says, you thought I didn't have a temper. Ha 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 ha. Surprise. And Parker and I have been quoting that. Amazing. Um, anyway. So I think that helped my experience to have it be very touching to me. Yeah. Um, when you want to get down into the nitty gritty of the rules and all of that stuff. Yeah. It probably breaks down. You're not going to. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Asteroid City. Yeah. Let's go with that. I think that's fair. <laughs> I probably did too on some level. Like yeah. I thought it like moved me more. It yes. was like, yeah. It, it was more, more moving to me. Yeah. Just as pretty. And, you know, didn't mind sitting through Asteroid City. Didn't feel like, oh, oh God, yeah. it needs to be over. It's, connected with it for personal reasons, not necessarily because it was a great film. Yeah. It's not top tier Pixar. I don't yes. think anybody's going to argue that. It is beautiful Gorgeous. i love the animation yeah. i kept hearing that and i was a little like i've seen the previews it looks fine but they did not sell pretty. the world very well in the preview no the way the the water people had other colors in them and yeah. it, was beaut it was lovely so cool their reflectiveness it was it was very much pixar going <laughs> you know how we're famous for water hold my beer yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, we're going to make something with all water. Watch this. And yet, water <laughs> provides the main bad guy in the film, like with a dam that they're trying to fix. And you're a little like, to yeah, me, that the actual was like, water, not water people. Not yes. water. Yeah, which I was a little like, I think it, the vil I think it had a villain problem, as they say. Like, right. it just felt a little like, oh, okay, like, what? This is your main story is this gap in this, like, fucking dam? Like, right. that's, like, didn't really feel very monumental. No, the stakes but, weren't super. Yeah, yeah. But very sweet yep. and very low-key. And I think, as we were saying earlier, like, the only Pixar movie, I didn't see the Cars movie. Maybe the Cars movies have this, but the yeah, only... I've seen the Car movies. Okay, are they, are they romance movies? I guess. Yeah. I don't want to talk. About, I mean, I only okay. saw the first one. Yeah. Parker, I knew we nearly walked out. Wow. Like I do not like the cars films. I think like, I, I, know only, they're I huge. started a cars movie and then turned it off. Once, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love Bonnie hunt, but nope. Yeah. This, nope. So this is, I appreciate them trying to do kind of a teen romance thing. Yes. Um, and hilariously enough, the kid, the adorable kids, including the one next to us with my new best friend. Um, they were all just like, 
kissing and whatever. But they were like very like into it. Like yes. there was something that was like working. No, them, they were so. like, oh, Amber's sad. And you could just, yeah. and it would like kind of like move. You like the wave yeah. through the audience. Oh, she's sad. Oh, it's so sad, 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 sad. Oh, kissing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was very cute. It was a very cute, fun yeah. experience. And you know what? I'll still take like a shoddily plotted Pixar movie over any bad like like second rate Disney movie, yep. like Strange World. Sorry, no, no, no knock Strange World, but like Elemental still got like a shit ton of artistry over you. So, um, and also local represent Pixar. Yes. It's like, I want them to be okay. Yep. So, um, all right, should we jump into TV? TV! TV, woo! Uh, the Bear, wow. second season. Um, God, yeah. Go quick. It's a bear. Okay, yeah. it's a bear. I loved it. I, you know, yeah. For me, the bear, both seasons, perfect seasons, loved them. I, I have no quibbles. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say much more than that. The cast is perfect. The way the cast interacts is perfect. You could, some people are kind of quibbling with the, the romance thing with, with Carmi and, and the girl from high school. I still even love that. It helps that I really like Molly Gordon who plays the sort of love interest. I I literally at one point for one of the um, cameos jumped out of my seat and cheered. And I haven't done that since Evan Peters showed up in uh, WandaVision. Right. So, and it wasn't for necessarily the person that lots of people would think it was for. It, Can you say it now? It was for Olivia off? Coleman. Okay. The minute, nice. like the, yeah. when he turned the, col- the corner and Coleman was there, I literally jumped out of my seat and cheered. Yeah. It's like in my own living room. I was so excited. And that was after the super cameo rich, uh, you know, Christmas episode, which I loved. And, and I know that we've talked about a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I was like that episode. I was like, oh, man, look at all these cool people they've gotten. And they're all doing great jobs. Coleman, I was I was just it was a delightful surprise. I was yeah. quite thrilled. Yeah, I I loved mm. the side trips to Copenhagen with Marcus. I loved Sid's journey with her dad. I just I love the show. I cannot wait for more. Pay your actors and your writers so that I can have more of my shows. Right. Yeah. This for me is more on that later. Yeah, exactly. This for me is a, um, uh, I loved it. I still love it. It's definitely going to end up my top 10 for the season. I just think I liked the first one, first season a little better. It's quibbling. It's just, yeah. it felt newer. It felt rawer. It felt dirtier. I get it. And also it wasn't probably sustainable as far as a story about basically like people literally hanging on by their fingernails. Absolutely. Like this one felt a little more like, oh, when you have momentum and you feel hope and the rug gets pulled out from under you as you're feeling hope. And it's yes. like, that's a different mood. And I just sort of like the first one better, but I, I think the Christmas episode is definitely like both a very like monumental, like whatever, like everybody should watch it. And I had fun watching it. It felt a little over the top for me, mostly I think because there were so many freaking actors in it doing a lot that I sort of lost like the realness of the bear story. I think mm. that's where I sort of, and that's sort of like almost an encapsulation of like that's why I like the first season. Because for me, it was such a, 
reflection of so much of the first season and where so much of that damage came from yeah. and the stress of the first season with the ticket episode. And they even had that sound effect in the background. For me, it was such a reflection and it only made it bigger. Yeah. I, I, mean, get, I, what, I get what you're saying, yeah. but that is, you know, and I've yeah. watched the first season probably five or six times. Yeah. So I didn't remember so, any of that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But overall great show. Definitely want to see where it's going. Also, um, Frickin' Sid, Ego, like, so... Io. Io, not Io. Not Ego, Io. Yes. Io, Abri. Abri, something. Yeah, so, I mean, I hope that... The Emmys nominations came out. Did she get a... She did. She She was nominated. She was nominated for a supporting role, which doesn't make any damn sense to me, because she was certainly... It's it's her and Jeremy are on the White's show. Yeah. So he was nominated for lead and she was nominated with supporting, yeah. which doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me, but whatever she got nominated, they probably thought she had a better shot in supporting, yeah. which she probably did. Right. Because Maine is, is going to go to Schnook or possibly Linsky. But, um, well, and it's such a non showy performance. She's yes. so fucking good. Oh, yeah. I just like, I. Yeah, it kills the, me. Yeah, yep. MVP yep. of that show. I love her. Um, and also, what's his name is Richie is also I think Evan better. something yeah. Bachrock. He's fantastic yes. in the show. He's so um, good. Yeah, um, good my show name was almost Evan. Really? Yeah, my oh, mom, cool. if I was if I had been a, a male presenting human being, my mother wanted to name me Evan. Where did she get that from? Uh, it's Basque. Okay, cool. Evan Wiley Yates, darling. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's a cool name. I like it. I oh my God, you're that. so sweet. This is why you're my mother's favorite <laughs> child. I do not like the name. I'm not fond of it. I like Eben. Why can't I think of his... Anyway, his last name is Backrack, and there's some hyphen in there. Well, as a kid, you know, also everybody would be like, Eben? You're like, no. No, Eben. Eben. Oh, Eben? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, the Basque pronunciation is Ibn, which right. I was born in the time when UB Illin came out. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. would have been not Tough. Good, so. Uh, the bear still great. Yes. Um, I'm a Virgo. Started out great. Started out great. <laughs> this is Boots Riley's. Um, yeah. By the way, it's, we watched a lot of stuff together this week, so this is why we're doing it this way. But um, we watched all of this and most of this in Tahoe. Uh, this is Boots Riley's superhero um, take on a. A uh, 13 foot tall teenager who basically lives in Oakland and uh, gets involved in sort of the progressive Oakland sort of activism against a very game and very silly Walter Goggins as a Walton. Oh, they just call him Walter. Yes. Okay. Uh, Walton Goggins <laughs> as a jetpack wearing, uh, stringy haired. Uh, silver suited silver suited yeah Yeah, rich guy uh there's also a fantastic love interest who is a speedster person probably my favorite part of the whole show um it's is is the the lead character is he jerrell jerome or jerome jerrell oh god now you're breaking my brain yeah sorry anyway he's having a moment he's in the steven soderbergh thing too god he's good and he's the uh you know he's the mid kid one of the mid kids from moonlight so he's yes. like one of the mid sort yeah. of. And he was yeah. in When They See Us. He is. Yeah. He's really good. So freaking talented. Yeah. I and he's really even. good in this show. Yep. And I think it's a great segue. There's so lots of love Washington. in this show. Yeah. Olivia there's, Washington's great. The love interest. Yeah. So. There's so much to love in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Yeah. We both. We talked about it. But it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a mess. It doesn't quite. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, stick the landing. No. So to say. Yeah. If, if there's going to be more. Fine. Maybe. But I don't know that that Amazon's going to give Boots Riley any more money to tell them they suck. Yeah. Which I love the message is that you suck. Right. Um, and we should all go and not be these sucky people from Amazon. 
but I don't know that Bezos is going to write him any more checks to do this. No, and I don't know that I want so, to see it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it I just, just, it didn't. It's didn't, it's messy. Yeah, it was messy. Yeah, it just feels like it's, it starts off as this interesting character piece about this funny little family and this sort of secret and, and like societal fear of like black bodies and there's all this great stuff. And then the further it spirals into this kind of superhero story, and I love Walton Goggins, but like the further that story kind of went along, it was just like, this is not your thing. You actually don't care about this and yet you're spending a lot of time on this as a director. And it just didn't work as a superhero movie. It didn't really work as a like a action thing it like yep. didn't really work as a character yeah. and piece that is, by again the end. nothing against goggins yeah. performance everybody's performance in this show is solid yeah it just kind of it lost its yeah. it dropped some of its strings but we appreciate the swing yep. and i honestly feel like a two-hour movie yep. probably would have worked a little absolutely <laughs> and i and i recommend people watch it yeah. you know your mileage may vary yeah um and it's worth watching and it's worth absorbing the message it just lost its focus yeah yeah nimona this is the uh netflix animated adaptation of nd stevenson am i getting that right nd yeah. uh it is a beloved right, they go by nd now okay <laughs> their, their name has changed since they uh okay. wrote the book okay they go by what now what you just said okay got it <laughs> um and this is they go by initials instead of a different right name. right and this is a web series about a shape-shifting uh, sort of, you know, troublemaker in this sort of future night punk world <laughs> and uh, pairs up with this sort of disgraced knight who's been framed for murder. Uh, this is a very, like, super sort of fun, like, kind of edgy um yeah thing just, just yep. sci-fi fantasy chloe grace moritz does one of the voices uh riz ahmed does one of the voices yeah, um, you, riz. uh what's her name from oh my god i'm so brain dead uh francis conroy does there voice. we go um got there um what did you think of nimona well i loved the um graphic novel very much i know it was a web series but i read it all in one yeah, right uh shoot as a graphic novel um Look, I it was very different than the book, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I really had a fun time. I thought it it, it made its changes wisely, its adaptation for to the screen instead of just doing the it was smart. Yeah. Um, it made the world slightly bigger, and uh, I loved it. I really adored it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I it got in, it got out. It's you know, I loved it. I think that in and out part is definitely what i liked about it yep. it just was like very lean here's and your story yep. yeah i will say i you know obviously also the trans allegory in it is very yes. strong and moving and just sort of feeling uh right when you're people keep just being like well you're just this girl and she's just sort of like i'm not a girl i'm just like i'm not a girl like and, darcy corden not a girl right um and <laughs> I, I found that moving and cool yep. and fun and it's funny and it's also nice to see an animated movie that's you know a little like got some teeth in it there's yep. a little edge and maybe just sort of like right like maybe we don't need to have our trans hero be like a super noble good person they can also be yeah. like a little bit of a shithead like because yeah. they're know? a teenager right and yeah. they have their emotions you know, their hormones and emotions are fucked up so probably there might be a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, and I sort of appreciated all that. No, I like that. Kind of stuff about it. Um, Having had one, they're a little bit of an asshole sometimes. (laughs) 
Yeah, we can always cut that part later. It's, he knows he was a little bit of an asshole. He knows he's still a little bit of an asshole. And he don't listen he to us, so it, it don't good. matter. He's put up with enough of us. He's like, I've done my five episodes or whatever. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, but I, I would recommend this. I think it's a super fun watch. Um, and I actually want to go back and read the graphic novel. because so good. I've heard the graphic novel has sort of different flavors and textures. I, yeah, I think and, I have it. Let me yeah. check. I think okay. it's on my bookshelf. I'll cool. bring it to you if I have nice. it. Nice. Love that. Um, we also watched up there the Wham, Wham documentary. Bam. Wham! Bam! Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you were yeah. supposed to say, I am a man. Oh, I am a man. Come on, jeez. Right. Left dead. it right there. Uh, sorry. Um, so I got to just do my little spiel. Like, my watching this Wham documentary, my my, my journey with Wham is when Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go came out in 1986 or 5 or whatever it was. Um, I was just like, oh, he gay. They get like I was like that pink shirt and the yeah. like and the fluffy hair choose and the short shorts and, uh-huh, yeah. and the choose life and it was so I was so like this is gay <laughs> this is what I'm doing like I'm like that's what I'm supposed to be doing and I was so traumatized by my own like bullshit like like sort of self loathing that I hated Wham like I really was like. Wham is the worst fucking thing in the world. Granted, I had been like, had a Madonna, like whatever on my wall, but I was like, fucking Wham. You know, it's like, so makes no sense, right? Um, I mean, (laughs) if you were trying to not be gay to have Madonna on your wall versus Wham, it actually makes a lot of sense, my friend. You seem gayer if you have Madonna on your wall, probably. But um, anyways, I- I mean, if you could pretend it was because you wanted to date her. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, exactly. that just made it worse. I understand. Understand, <laughs> but you know. And so, anyways, once I think George Michael, like I came out, and you know, whatever, six years later, something like that, and George Michael had finally sort of started to come out and did that freedom video that was clearly about just sort of the oppression he felt as this pinup heartthrob or whatever. And this documentary really digs into their history and his pain and his trying to well. Uh, what's cool about it also is like he doesn't seem super so traumatized. Mm-hmm. He's sort of just like, I'm okay. I just like to party, but I gotta fit myself into this pop star right. box. And right. his best friend bandmate was like, cool, let's do this. Right. <laughs> but also, you know, there was the moment and it, and it didn't seem like it caused any huge trauma, but yeah. where where they were just about to take off and he told his two best friends, so I'm gay. You know, he's in bed with his ex-girlfriend and his best friend comes in and and is like, hey, what's up? Well, it turns out I'm gay. I'm going to tell my mom and dad. Maybe let's not do that right now. And I think that sort of I still love you and do whatever you want, but maybe let's not do that right yet. Yeah. And I would have I felt sort of sad for George Michael that he was so ready to be able to just go tell his parents. And they talked to his dad in this doesn't seem like his dad would have been traumatized no. by it. And that was the one part. It didn't feel like it really fucked him up because yeah. he was very open with them. And that's awesome. He got to be very open. But I wish he had been able to just go tell them then. Right. You know, that would have been a yeah. kind of, that would have made me feel much more joyous if he'd gotten to tell his dad. Totally. You know, <laughs> and I think also the other nice realization from this documentary was for me, like, oh, there were a lot of great fucking songs that were just like, fun and like not taking all this shit so seriously not taking masculinity so seriously and not taking like 
pop music or pop stardom so seriously. And I think I missed the fucking joke at the time. Right. And I loved that the movie was like, that they were in on it. You missed the joke. Yeah, you <laughs> missed the joke. And this, I guess, I think I always thought they were some like marketing produced thing. Right? Yeah. And that they just kind of found these two guys and pushed them together instead of them being like, hey, we're two best friends that really like making music and fucking around. Right. And that's the joke. Yeah. You know, and 100%. we're going to do this and make a whole bunch of money. And then I'm going to go on and be real famous. And Ridgely's going to go on and like produce shit or whatever and stay kind of in the background. Cause I think it was overwhelming for him. And he was like, Whoa, Hey, I don't want to do this. Right. George Michael's like, you know, I'll take some more money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I loved to find out how close they were. And just through the whole way. Yes. And just, that they didn't Ridgely have some falling out, yeah. but they didn't, you know, it was like, yeah. Ridgely said, look, when he went on and became super famous, I wasn't always right there next to him because that was a sort of awkward thing. Right. But that they always knew this is a kind of awkward things, but we still have each other and we still got each other's backs and there's not some big falling out yeah. where we sued each other for money or something, right. you know? It yeah. Was, yeah. It was yeah. a beautiful slice of really fun. Yeah. I loved yeah. it. That really, was great. like, nice to have a corrective sort of George Michael. Like, he wasn't just like this sort of sad, doomed gay, yep. you know. Like, yes, <laughs> like, no, very joyous, yeah, and, joyous totally. and fun. Yeah. And really enjoyed it. All right, what else you got? Uh, that stuff you saw on your own. Okay, I think I talked about this show when it first was on Epics because that was a thing that's no longer a thing. Um, and I watched a couple of episodes and it scared me real bad. And so I didn't go back. And now it's really in. People have really started talking about it a lot. The best show that you're not watching. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and be brave from on MGM plus, which is a channel you can get on Amazon. You can also buy, just buy the seasons from Amazon. Um, this is Harold Perrineau, uh, Ian Bailey with really bad hair and just a great cast. It's kind of a mystery box show about this town where you drive in and you can't drive out. And then there's these weird, creepy, smiley people that show up and try and break into the house and like, basically really really gorily murder you and gleefully love it really loved it i'm i'm almost caught up they originally here's where the striking comes back in originally season three was supposed to premiere on april 23rd but they haven't started they've got the script they haven't finished shooting so my guess is now that the actors are on strike that's going to be delayed i think it kind of depends on the budget and where it falls in the the guidelines of what the strike means because right. it might be micro budget enough that they'll be able to do it. I don't know. Right. Um, this is a super fun show. I really wish you could watch it. I wish we could find some sort of filter to put on your eyes, but it, it is just super, super gory. <laughs> and I don't think you would enjoy it for that reason, yeah. even though I think you'd really love the truly spooky parts yeah. and the mystery box of what the hell what's is going happening? on in this town, the magic portal trees, the weird, creepy, like half haired, creepy, smiley children in like, you know, shining dresses and ballerinas for no reason. And Harold Perrineau is just a fucking pro. I've never seen him in it be anything that I did not like him in. I love him in this. I love that he's getting to have this uh, starring role where he carries. First thing I've seen him carry since Oz. And I just love him. Nice. Really, really good. Check it out uh, and settle the strike so I can get season three on April 23rd. It's promised. 
something that will not be affected by the strike because this is reality television. <laughs> right, our new future. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, future. yeah. Jesse Plemons is going to kill a guy, and we're going to get like you know every single day of Big Brother. Uh, Project Greenlight is back on Max. I really hate calling it that. Yeah, a lot. Anyway, it's on Max. This is, but they've handed over the reins to uh, Issa Rae's uh, production company, Hoorah. Or hooray, I guess. Um, and Kamal Nanjiani and the oh, I'm so sorry, woman who directed Love and Basketball and uh, the Woman King. And you have three names, and oh, I cannot think of your name right now. I'm very, very sorry. I'm gonna keep talking. Yes, you're super awesome. Anyway, they are the mentors. They have picked. There was from ten finalists, all women, down to one director that gets to make a movie for three million dollars, and then the the. Uh, Documentary crew follows them, and you get these ten half an hour, half hour um, shows. I think this is a really this has always been a fascinating behind the scenes how the the sausage gets made. When it was Affleck and Damon, I didn't wasn't as interesting to me because they did a lot of mansplaining about movies, and it was like just sit down and shut up. I don't care. Right. Um, this is, I really want you to watch this and let's yeah, talk about no, it. I totally I, so I don't want to get That's too fun. deep into the things that I kind of want to talk to you about. Yeah. Because okay. I don't want to spoil them. Yeah. Super interesting. Very worth watching. Very lot of nuance and things that you first have one reaction to. And then you kind of have to investigate why you have that reaction to it. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know that any good movie has ever been made at Project Greenlight, but this season is quite solid and very, very interesting. Nice. So would recommend uh, trying that out. Cool. Um, my third thing leads into my next. Do it. There is this um, reality television show that has had two seasons. You can find it on Hulu. It is um, hosted by one of the Jonas Brothers and then the Frankie Jonas. Frankie? Frank, yeah, Franklin Jonas, there's who is, Franklin yeah, Jones? there's, okay. the, he's the, he's the one that was not in the band with okay. them. And that's why haha isn't it interesting. They put like 10 people in a house who are related to someone famous and they all have to try and figure out who the other person, who the okay. people are related to. It's such the Nepo, Nepo house. Oh my God. It's such a fucking stupid show. It is so, so dumb. Leads me, leads me to my next. You won't be able to stop watching it because it's it's horrible and everybody on it is like, you know, the first season, Laverne Cox's uh, twin brothers in it. And he like, you know, you saw him when right, he played right. he played Laverne Cox. Right. Early Laverne Cox as Orange and the New Black. So he tries to like hide himself behind makeup and long hair. But you're like, yeah, so that's Laverne Cox's twin right, brother, right. you know, but some of the people you really like anyway, second season has just started three or four episodes dropped. Oh, this is amazing. My next is 66.666% of all of these relate people that are related to both Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks. Cause I think this is a Rita Wilson's bloodline problem. She seems like a very nice person, but her niece who called herself Tom Hanks's niece, which, you know, technically, yeah, they've been married long enough that probably this woman knew Tom Hanks her most of her adult life. You know, most of her probably from about 12 on. But she was really invested in my my uncle's a huge star. She's immediately found out for being and she threw the biggest fucking fit 
this entitled Mike, Mike, the clues about who my celebrity was, was too easy. I should have gotten more screen time. I didn't. So I'm going to put Chet Hanks and this woman whose name I don't even know, Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks's niece. You guys are my Knicks. 66.66% of Tom Hanks's relatives. Preacher. You need to go hang out with Colin and Elizabeth Hanks, who are both seem like very good people. And yeah. Treat your actually talented, famous relatives correctly. Yes. Like if you want yes. to like get anywhere with it. Yeah. Cause Ooh. Rita Wilson, you seem like a nice person. Yeah. Tom Hanks, you seem like a super nice per person. Chet, terrible and yeah. weird niece yeah. who really thinks that you're worth so yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so that's my next nice love you, it bring me your stuff <laughs> uh the stroll this is a documentary on max um this is a so it. bad it's so bad this is a documentary about the uh trans sex workers who worked uh the piers of the west side highway in especially like the 90s and the 80s um it's sort of most pop culture famous for being kind of the butt of a joke on sex in the city when Kim Cattrall is sort of talking about them. Most of uh, yeah. Yeah. This is an incredible documentary. It's told through the lens of it's an actual trans sex worker filmmaker who made it uh, partnering with somebody else. I forget who the, the person is, but it's so insidery. It's so kind. It's so funny. It lets them be sort of like funny and like, yeah, it was nice. a weird fucking world, but like, here's how we survived. And it's really about the people they lost along the way, but it's also about the people that have like sort of, you know, made it sort of, not, and I don't want to say because the movie's never like you made it past being a sex worker. It never right, treats no, it no. like that. It's like you found the stability you needed to sort of like have perspective on all that. And none of them ever turned their back on their what they did or nice. the people they did it with. And I just found this movie so compassionate and so funny and so interesting. And um, I one of the things I will say about it, and maybe this is a pre nicks or side nicks. Uh, we've talked a lot about RuPaul and the problems of RuPaul. There is a scene in this where RuPaul uh, comes down with her kind of public access TV show. And I sort of vaguely remember this um, because when I, you know, when you were in New York in the early 90s, drag queens were very like tranny this, tranny that. I was right. just like the way they talked. Um, and I think there was always a blurring of the lines. And I think it's a complicated question of like, you know, like who was actually trans and who wasn't. And that was your community and you laughed at yourselves and whatever. So there is a part of that that I'm a little sort of forgiving about. But the way that these women talk about Rue coming down with her uh, public access show and literally being like, oh, girl, hey, tranny hooker, what's up? Like, oh, this is crazy. Oh, look at you. What do you do? Like, uh. and they literally say to a like to a woman, all of to a woman, um, <laughs> we were a joke to her and it just really, that broke my heart. It was really hard to hear that. Um, and just kind of like she had an opportunity to come down here and shine a light on us. And instead she treated it like a joke. And that really was upsetting to hear. Um, so Rue, you get a pretty hard next for that. The stroll kind of shone a light on that in a way that I was like, wow, like this is from the peoples who lived at mouths. Like, um, so that's a great documentary though. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch it. Yep. It'll no, it's been on my yeah. list. Um, also just, Wow, Whiplash, I went to go see The Grateful Dead. Sorry, Dead & Co., as somebody corrected me already. Uh, it's a great way to Is that what it's called, Dead & Co.? Dead & Company. Yeah, it's the current iteration. I'm not... Thanks, I hate it. ...any kind of, like, you know, Grateful Dead person. Uh, I mean, I did go see Steely Dan, so I can't pretend I'm, like, not totally, like, 
yeah, anyways. Um, I, my friend Jesse, Jesse, you're such a fucking sweetheart. You bought my ticket, and I had such a fun time, and I was so crabby and resistant to it, and I had such a fun time, and... Yeah, I just like I kind of got it. I was like, oh, this is lovely. And you know what? Hippies are lovely and like, you know, dance around to like groovy music and taking drugs. I mean, I didn't really take strong drugs, but the people around me did seem to have a great time. Um, And but it was just I don't know. It was fun and tuneful and I really enjoyed it. And uh, it was just a good one of those good lessons of like you carry such baggage about things you think you don't like. And then when sometimes you can kind of just like step back from that or just like like be like say yes like that corny thing of just be like okay a lot of people like this like what are they engaging with i just had a nice experience going to do that it was also at giant stadium looking out on the water it was beautiful everybody's fucking hugging each other (laughs) these are nice people it was a fun show (laughs) Um, nice my other next thing is wow y'all i watched that 65 movie with adam driver and the dinosaurs because it's free on netflix right now I knew this movie was gonna be bad. I did not know how fucking bad I'm it was gonna not be. To make my chair squeak. Oh <laughs> my god! This is Adam Driver. I think this might actually be the end of Adam Driver's career. Like I, I, you think like people are gonna shake these kind of things off? This movie is so dumb, so chintzy. Like I, I don't know like no. what. I, like who had like the bear like knew he'd done something and was blackmailing him. This movie Ow. there so one thing I wanna say in my main next is okay, I don't know if you've seen the previews for this movie, right? It's like sixty five. The preview kind of gave it away that like sorry, spoilers for sixty five that it was on Earth and it was like an alien from, you know, whatever, like another planet. The movie puts it in the opening credits. All this dinosaur stuff happens in the beginning and it goes 65 million years ago, an alien landed on Earth. Like, that's your one fucking hook. Like, that's all you have. That's the only idea in this movie. Like, we we know it from the preview, but you could pretend that we don't know it. Or, like, the characters could make it, like, an hour and 20 minutes before they know it. But it's like, this... No. And also, you know what? I like a dinosaur. I watched Terra Nova on Fox in the 90s. Well, Jason O'Mara, and it wasn't in the 90s. That was in 2000s. the 2000s. I watched it might even been the 210s. Primeval. This, dinosaurs are fucking done. I don't want a fucking dinosaur in my face ever again. We're done. You give me a space dinosaur, like, that looks different, or you give me nothing. No traditional dinosaurs. Like, it's we're done with traditional dinosaurs. Give me space dinosaurs <laughs> or give me death! This is my, like, my ghost thing. It's like a little, like, don't... Oh, my God. You don't promise me, like, sci-fi lasers and dinosaurs and just give me boring-ass T-Rexes. Like, we're not doing that. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> now I'm in pain. All right. That's it. Um... We talked about some stuff. You've we probably did. seen some of this stuff. You've seen it. Tell us where, you know, you can... You can find us Talk on the us. Facebook, search for the Knicks podcast, or at the Knicks podcast on Twitter. That's about it. Oh, you can email us, right? I forgot about emailing. Motion to Knicks at motion, Gmail? Yeah, that's it. Motion to Knicks at Gmail. Motion to Knicks at gmail.com. And Justin, do you have someplace new they can find you? I don't know. I feel t- t- terrible even saying this, even though I put an exclamation mark you in my did. notes. Um, I'm on threads. I just like missed I mean, my Twitter I too, thing, so I'm still- trying it. We're both on it. I'm on it a lot. Dave was like, you're spending way too much time on threads. Mm. Um, so my dumb jokes go there. I may even start a threads next 
I was going to say, we should, if, yeah. if we're, we need an Instagram yeah. for the Knicks, but yeah. we have not done We're yet. pretty much done with the bad Nazi man, so, yeah, I'd like to Bad just, Nazi man? Yeah, like an actual <laughs> Nazi, I think. Oh, no, 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 I'm just, <laughs> I'm not, don't think you're wrong. Yeah. All right, and we will talk to you next time. Bye!